Just great to see everyone today. Thank you, pastors, for the water baptism. What an exciting time for these individuals. We welcome those who are online as well, and we trust you feel very much a part of our services. And thank you for being here. Just great to see everyone. In verses 25 and 26 of Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is looking up to heaven with thanksgiving to his Father for the sovereignty and the security of the covenant of salvation. We have to understand covenant because it's not that common in our society today. What many of us have experienced, that relationship that as long as we have money in the bank, people will like us. Or if we are uh, prepared to do certain things to maintain the relationship, uh, people will continue to like us. But when there's difficulty and challenge, the relationships are tested and often fail because we don't understand covenant. And what I want to emphasize to you this morning in the context of these individuals giving their life to Jesus Christ, being obedient in following Jesus in water baptism, is that we serve a God of covenant who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he is there all the time. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he doesn't leave when things are difficult. When, when, you're, when you're poor, he still loves you. By the way, you can't do anything more uh, to get him to love you more than he loves you right now. That's the God of covenant. And so it's that salvation that we want to talk about today. This isn't about a salvation that, that, that is drawing you in to be a member of Warden Full Gospel Church. This isn't about being part of a club or part of a, de, uh, a denomination. This is about having a living, vibrant relationship with a, with a living God. This is about giving our heart to Jesus Christ. This is about surrendering to his will and his way and his word and begin to follow him wholeheartedly. That's where the fun is. That's where that relationship can deepen. And, and, and what, what I want to remind you of this morning, this isn't a one-off. This isn't about having a relationship with God just so we can have our sins forgiven and have a ticket to heaven. This is about having a relationship every single day that he's able to help you and teach you and minister to you and encourage you and provide for you and direct you and anoint you. Serving God is so cool. It is the coolest thing that you could ever do. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many are thankful for your freedom today? 
I'm thankful for my freedom. I'm thankful that all that weight of sin was lifted off, the chains that the enemy wants to put on, the control and, and, and the frustration that he wants to put on me is lifted off as I serve God each and every day. What I'm reminded of today is that if I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's going to be an element of mystery. If you're like me, you like to have everything figured out. You like your ducks to be in a row. You like to kind of know what's going to happen tomorrow and next week and next month. When you step into the kingdom of God and give your heart to God, you're not always sure where he's going to take you. (laughs) You're not always sure what tomorrow is going to look like. Because you see, here's the thing. We are no longer serving ourselves, we're serving the king. And when you step into the kingdom, only one person gets to vote. That's God. My problem is, I like to vote. I like to have a say in kind of what my life is going to look like. But here's the beautiful thing of intimacy with Father God. He always has what's best for me in mind. (laughs) We're mentoring a young man right now. And just in his mid-twenties. And so as we're mentoring him, we're, we're talking about trying to coach him. And we, we, we said to him, we're not trying to tell you what to do. We're trying to help you. And so we're going to offer some suggestions so you can get your life back on track. And he's doing just absolutely amazing. God's blessing and providing for him a real miracle. <clears throat> he made this statement. I've been doing it my way for all of my life. And it didn't go well. So I'm quite happy to welcome your mentorship and your counsel. And I'm reminded that even as a pastor for some 30 years, I I tried it my way. And when I finally gave my heart totally to God... It's been absolutely amazing. This isn't about just being saved. This is about walking every day with a living God who wants to counsel us and bless us. But we have to constantly be giving ourselves to him. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And when we look at verses 25 and 26, the Bible says that there's a lot that's hidden from the wise and the learned and given to the humble. 
So 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us uh, wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so this is not about me trying to accomplish some great things for the kingdom. This is about recognizing that I am lowly, I I am unworthy, and the grace of God is that he reached down and he chose me to serve him. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. This is not a gospel for the proud or the haughty or the self-sufficient or the independent. Folks, this is a gospel for those who are in need. And the Bible says, if I draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to me. And so when I express my need to God, he always comes. He always comes. Because that is his heart. This isn't a gospel for those who are wise and learned and trying to do it on their own. This is about us who have needs. Those who say, I can't make it alone. Keep in mind, there are many wealthy, knowledgeable people in the kingdom of God. However, we all had to say we needed Jesus. (laughs) We all had to come to that point to say, I can't do this anymore. I need you in my life. I'm so thankful when you come to that place. He's always there. Everyone had to come when they invite Christ to a place of humility, brokenness, submission, surrender. We all had to become like little children, trusting and dependent and committed to the Father. So let's look at our study together. Time is fleeting. Here we go. Let's look at the sovereignty of God. Verse 27. When we read this in our text of Matthew 11, this is what it says. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Okay, here's the mystery. If you're here and you're born again, God has chosen you. So when the enemy comes along and tells you that you have no future, when the enemy comes along and tells you that you are a loser, when the enemy comes along and tells you you have no identity, when the enemy comes along and said you have... You have no future and you're not going to amount to anything. I want you to look him in the eye and I want you to declare to the enemy this morning, I am chosen by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am chosen and I have a future. 
Folks, it doesn't matter what situation you're in this morning. I'm here to declare that you're still in the plan of God. Your life right now may be somewhere between one and two. God wants it to be a 10. And if you'll just be patient, he's going to back up that truck and it's got a chain on it and it's a four-wheel drive and it's got the biggest tires that you've ever seen and he's going to pull you out of the muck and out of the mire and he's He's going to put your feet on the rock, Christ Jesus. That's the promise of God. We tend to get overcome with the tricks and schemes of the enemy. We need to rise up as the people of God. We need to get from the back row to the front row in this army. We need to look at, uh, at, 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 at the enemy in the eye and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm looking for a leader this morning that has said enough is enough. I'm I'm looking for somebody who will rise up and say, no turning back. That's what we're called to. We need to take a page from these testimonies today. We need to get the fire of the Holy Spirit back in our belly. We need to get the the passion back in our spirit that we're hungry for God. I'm telling you, when, when, when the challenge comes, if you've been faithful in your devotional life and you've been building that relationship with God every day, when push comes to shove, you know you're God and you know you're called to do great exploits. We fiddle and fool around and we try to do ministry out of our soul and we try to serve Jesus out of our mind, will, and emotion. It's not going to work. You're going to run out of gas. But when you've spent that time and it's an investment and you're walking with God every day, when the enemy comes, you're ready for him. It's still the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need to understand the word. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. You need to take Psalm 119 and begin to read it every day about the power of the word of God. It's the word of God that's going to set us free. It's the word of God that is the foundation. It's the word of God that sets us in the right place with God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And so if we're going to understand this gospel, we've got to understand the sovereignty of God. He's chosen you. Turn to somebody next to you. He's chosen me. You don't need much more identity than that. Oh, he's chosen If you're looking to me for an answer of why he chooses some and doesn't choose others, I have no idea. But he's sovereign. And if you're here and you know Jesus, you're chosen. Where's your rhythm? You know, you're, you can be old and still have a rhythm. It comes from your spirit. Sure doesn't come from your body, not at this point. <laughs> but it comes 
from your spirit. It comes out of that time and intimacy with God every day. You say, I don't have time to do my devotion. You have got to find time and make time because out of your being, God wants to flow rivers of living water. Where's the rivers in the church today? Oh, it's there. It's there. We just got to tap into it. Got to spend time with him. And you may be right here this morning in the most desperate and desolate situation. I want you to know God is right there with you. And he'll bring you out of it. And he'll meet your need. I love what Ephesians says. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Listen to these words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Did you know that? Before he made the world, he chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for the adoption, the sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. He put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, <coughs> excuse me, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And what, this, what this, these verses are saying, no matter how desolate, desperate and desolate my situation is, God still has a plan for my life. And oh, by the way, the Holy Spirit in you is a deposit for when the trumpet sounds. Did you know the trumpet is still going to sound? That the dead in Christ are going to be raised and we are going to meet him in the air. That's the deposit that you have this morning. You, you just think you're just trying to make it from one day to the... No, no, you're carrying the kingdom of God. And you have been chosen. And you have a deposit in your life. And the deposit is an indication of the greatest bank account that you belong to in the entire universe. So if it's a tough time, remember... He's coming back for his church without spot, without wrinkle. Oh, that's something to get excited about. Something to look forward to. That's the sovereignty of God. You, you cannot enter this gospel unless you embrace the sovereignty of God. He's greater than us. You will not figure this all out. It's a mystery 
that requires the first step of faith. God said to Abram, I want you to leave three things, your country, your home, and your generations, and go to a place I will show you. When you feel the tug of God calling you, he won't tell you exactly where you're going. I would really, really like it if he would. But he'll say, go to a place I will show you. It's called trust. But you'll never grow your trust until you grow your obedience. And when you take that step of obedience, oh, you step into the plan of God. You get the rhythm of Holy Spirit. Your wife wants to be around you again. It's really cool. People start to like you. Because of what God's done in your the sovereignty of God. Number two, the source. So I've used up about 80% of my time, and I'm only on point two. So stay with me, we'll get through this. Verses 25 to 27 are the foundation and source for the declaration of verses 28 to 30. And so let's look at the grace of the Father. Jesus is revealed to us. So verse 25, again, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned it and revealed them to little children. So if you're here, as those candidates have experienced, he is our source, and Jesus has been revealed to us. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for the, if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, I had not seen, watch this, and what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. But he gives us more grace. That's why the Scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. When we consider Jesus as our Father, as sovereign Jesus as our source, we see the grace of the Father. We see the security of the Father. Look at verse 27. Here's what it says. All things have been committed to me by my Father. If it's in the hands of Jesus, this gospel message, it's secure. <laughs> so what you have is secure. You have it because of grace. You keep it because of Jesus. <laughs> The knowledge of the Father, the Father knows the Son, and the Son knows the Father, second part of verse 27. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal. If you know Jesus, the Son has been revealed to you. And so Jesus, 
not only has authority, but he has intimacy with the Father. And here it is, the choice of the Father. Verse 27, the third part of verse 27. Except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here's the definition of election. Election is an act of God before creation in which he chooses people to be saved, not on account of any foreseen merit in them, but only because of his sovereign good pleasure. And so we are chosen by him. So, based on grace and security and knowledge and choice, now we can go to Matthew 11, 28, 30. Let me close with this. There's four types of people that God calls. And so when we look at verse 28, keeping in mind, all of these things are there because of the previous verses. All the credibility of what Jesus says in 28 and 29 are based in verses 25 to 27. And he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Wow. Those who are physically weary, those who are fatigued, <coughs> those who work hard. And this root word means to reduce your, your strength to the point of trouble and pain. Come to me, all you that are weary. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm exhausted. Trouble I'm in, the pain I feel. Jesus makes a declaration to you. Come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. When we don't understand rest, when we don't understand abiding we become weary and we carry baggage. Baggage that God wants you to set down this morning. Things that you've been carrying that he wants you to give to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What I want you to see here, this is not a yoke of kind of getting in this harness and being weighted down. This is simply about you giving your heart to your heavenly father as a son and daughter. Watch this. And become attached to him. So, many of us find as Christians we're attached to certain things. Our job, money, relationships. God wants to bless you with all those things, but first and foremost, he wants you to be attached to him. Are you with me? Take my yoke upon you. Now, he's the king. He's going to direct you. He's a father. He's going to love you. But we've got to set the baggage down. Come to me, all you who are weary. It also says in verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. This word burden is to be loaded up, overburdened. But you know what it is? It's being overburdened, watch this, with ceremony. 
spiritual anxiety, which can lead us to religious spirit. Religious spirit, watch this, is when we're on the scale of 1 to 10, we're a spiritual 2, and we try to convince everybody that we're a 7. And so the book doesn't match the cover. And see, our time with the Father changes all that. Because we can become authentic. We can become real. And you know, when we choose to become real, we lay some burdens down. We can just say, hey, and here's what, okay, I'm a, I'm a two, but I'm hungry to be a three. Can't find any fault with that. But, oh, when you're a two and you try to convince your wife and children and those at church <clears throat> that you're a seven, it's exhausting. So Jesus is saying, set it down. Put your burden down. Stop trying to endure. Be authentic and have fun. If you're not having fun every day, something's wrong. We need to have fun. So be real. Give your heart to God. Go on a journey with him. And get your joy back. Because we're going to love you just the way you are. That's the church. When whoever walks through that door, we love them for who they are. And then we help them become who God wants them to become. We're winding it up. The searching. So he, he wants us to be learners. He wants us to be disciples. I'm here to declare that life is not found in Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, New Age, tea leaves, stars, or horoscope. It's found in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. So if we are searching the word of Jesus, that's, that's how we learn. Finally, verse 29, it says, Take my yoke, verse 20, uh, 29, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you truly give your heart to Father God, understand you're not called to be a servant, but you're called to be a son and daughter. When you give your heart to the Father, everything changes. Your weariness will lift off. You'll see a clear path. He'll give you wisdom every day, and he will light the path. I love this. This word rest is an intermission. It's a recreation. It means to repose. It means to be exempt from stress. It means to be a refreshing. And it means to be a reversal from what you're doing to what you're becoming. And it becomes a peace that passes all understanding. Take my yoke upon me. Come 
To me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. This is attachment. He is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Will you stand with me today? Just going to ask the worship team just to stay for a moment where they are. I really believe God wants to do something very special in our hearts. We're just going to play some recorded music in a moment. But I want you to know who the King of Kings is and the Lord of Lords. S.M. Lockridge makes this famous declaration. I talked to you about the king. He's quoted as saying that he's the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel, a national king. He is the king of righteousness, the king of the ages, the king of heaven, the king of glory, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. He's enduringly strong, entirely sincere, eternally steadfast, immortally graceful, imperially powerful, and impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of the world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior, the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's awesome, unique, unparalleled, unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. Do you know him today? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young and he serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the weak. And he's the key to knowledge, the wellspring to wisdom, the doorway to deliverance, the pathway of peace, the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness, the gateway of glory. His office is manifold, his promise is sure, his light is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Do you know him as your king? He's indescribable, incomprehensible, invincible, and irresistible. And finally, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him. You can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. And Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. And the witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Let's give the Lord praise for who he is today. (laughs) 
he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. When we understand his kingdom and give our heart to him, all the healing comes. We can just play our recorded music. Bow your head for just a moment. I believe this is a significant moment in our church as I was praying for this message. I believe that there's so many times we go through pain. And it isn't just that we go through pain, but there's a residue of pain. It just kind of hangs around. It, it's, just, it's just seemingly there all the time. And when I, when I read this scripture and what came so clear to me, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. As I said to you, there are times we carry things. And you're here this morning and you've just sensed, Pastor, I, I realize I'm carrying something and I need to step into an exchange. That was the word that Holy Spirit gave me for this altar call. Exchange. So we exchange the burden. We exchange maybe the pain. We exchange maybe the anger and say, Lord, I, I want to make an exchange with you. Now, often these things require faith. So it's kind of stepping out in obedience, stepping out in embracing the mystery. But you're just here and you just recognize, at the very least, you would like God to help you in your journey so that you can have as much joy in your life. And I'm not minimizing what you've been through, but I am emphasizing the greatness of our King. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here today. You'd say, Pastor, I need to enter into that exchange. There's some things I know I need to lay down. Can I just see your hand? You just recognize that, yeah, God's been talking to you today. Don't be, don't be afraid. This is a safe place. Just go ahead. Holy Spirit speaking to you. Oh, that's so beautiful. If you raise your hands, I want you to come and join me at this altar just for a moment. I won't, I won't prolong this time. But I just want you to come. Because I believe there's something specific Holy Spirit wants us to do today. If you're here and you've, had, you've heard this word and you just, you just rec recognize because of circumstances the last year, because of circumstances that you've gone through. This has been a difficult season the last couple of years. But if we're going to find rest, if we're going to move forward, I believe we need to have an exchange. So just, just step, just pull right in. Others are coming. This is so beautiful. Thank you. Because sometimes we don't understand and, and there's an anger toward what's happening. There's a challenge. But this is the mystery. 
So I want people are still coming. I don't want to rush this. This is this is very very deep. This is real. And we take that step of faith. God always meets us. Don't let pride keep you. Don't let anything keep you from taking this step of faith. I believe that God's going to do a supernatural work around this altar. Those that are at the altar, I want you to look at me for a minute. This is what I believe Holy Spirit wants us to do. Whatever it is that you're carrying, I just want you to put your hands like this, just prophetically. And so what you're carrying, when you're ready, and I want everyone in the congregation, will you raise, if you're comfortable, raise a hand this way and begin to pray, please. This is, God wants to do a work here. When you're ready, I want you to prophetically lay down what you're carrying. So whatever it is, take time, just process and say, I know this is what I'm carrying. And so you just, when you're ready, just prophetically just put it down like that and let it go. And then we're going to go to step two. But just go ahead. Whenever you're ready, you say, Lord, I put it down. I'm going to leave this situation. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you. God's doing a work. Just that action lets the enemy know that no longer do you want to carry this. You're going to leave from this altar with joy in your heart because you're setting it down. Just whenever you're ready, just go ahead. I say, Lord, I, I set it down. Everyone in the house is praying right now and interceding. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just raise a hand this way, church. God's doing a work. You're going to feel some emotion. Don't be afraid of that. You're going to feel some tears. Don't just let that flow. That's Holy Spirit ministry. See, this is what Holy Spirit does. He goes where man cannot go. That's the God that we serve. Oh, we lay it down today, Lord. We open our hands and we lay it down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, those at the altar, just look at me for a moment. Now, I want you to put your hands like this that you're receiving a gift. This is the good part. And I declare over you that you're no longer slaves and you're no longer servants, but you are sons and daughters of the Most High. So I want you to receive right now the spirit of sonship. I want you to receive right now the spirit of daughtership and let the fruit of the Spirit flow in your life. Let the joy return. It isn't a cultural joy. Maybe your parents were never joyful. I'm here to tell you the Father is filled with joy and he wants to fill you with joy. So just receive this fresh gift. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God's doing something. Just focus on the Father. Focus on his love. Focus on his grace. 
Focus on his power. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Experience that intimacy with him today. We set down our yoke and we take the yoke of Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Just let him work. Just let him work. Just let him work. Pastor Connie, I want you to come and just pray over these around this altar today, if you would. We're just going to believe. We're just going to believe that God's going to seal this moment. May the joy of the Lord flood your hearts. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's not by might. It's not by power. (laughs) But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So we're setting down the old yoke. And we're embracing the new yoke, which is a yoke of attachment with the Father. Let's just agree together. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we come to you, and I just thank you for all of these precious people that are here today, God. They're reaching out to you, and we know that you are here and you are able to give them what they need, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would minister joy into their hearts, that those who are carrying such heavy burdens as they laid it down, that they do not pick it up again, God, but that they would just give it to you and that they would sense and feel your peace and your presence and your rest in their lives right now, God. You know each and every one. You know their circumstances. You know exactly what they're going through, God. But, Lord, you also are able to do more, exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Hallelujah. So, God, I pray that you would minister to each person where they need it today and that as they leave this place, they would leave with a sense of peace and joy and rest that they have never experienced before. God, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you've called us. Thank you that you are the king and that you you are are the answer to everything that we need, Lord. So God, I just pray that you would just continue as this in this to this week, that you would draw us, each one of us, closer to you. That we would long to be with you. That we would put aside those things, those distractions, and that we would just focus on you. That you would create an even deeper hunger and thirst in our hearts for more and more of you. Because you are what we need. So God, again, I just pray for each person that they would just leave feeling lifted. And such a sense of your rest upon their hearts and in their minds. We thank you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, shall we? Now, those those at the altar, I don't want you to leave for just a moment. There's a song that we're going to sing. 
that's going to really declare what we've talked about. Just go ahead. We're, we're going to get happy here for a moment. We are going to dismiss you. We want you all to have coffee afterwards, and we'll meet you at the back. And uh, how's the drums? Did we get the beat on?